Amen. It is good to be in church. If you're glad to be here, can I get an amen? amen? Man, I'm glad you're here. Hey, what kind of a Sunday do you come and get free merch, right? This is yours to take home, and we want you to be thinking about the fact that this church is dedicated to rising up and following Christ wherever he calls us to go. And inside, or right beside your little cup, inside there's a... Uh, a little brochure that's going to help you walk through today's service. Right here is where we're going to begin. And the next page right there tells you where we're going to go next. We're going to be talking about the mission of the church specifically and the next step uh, of Southern Hills as we rise up together. Now, I'm curious. I'm interested. I want to know, how many of you in this room, this is the first building you've ever been part of when it comes to Southern Hills? What I mean by that is we used to meet in another facility years ago. How many of you have never known that old building? You're new to the church in the last couple years. This is the only building you've ever been part of when it comes to Southern Hills. If that's you, raise your hand. How many of you are like that? Okay, the vast majority of you. The church itself is 18 years old, but this building we've only been in for about four years, and it's awesome that we're here. 18 years, four years here, what's the next step? For 18 years, every single February, we've had a special Sunday called the Next Step Sunday, where we talk about the next step for our church. The reason why this building exists is because God's grace, by God's grace, we've had these Next Step Sundays for 18 years. In the first 12 years, we focused upon buying a piece of land and building this building. And since the very beginning, since day one, when God brought Heather and I to Las Vegas to start Southern Hills Church, this was not a church that had existed, when God brought Heather and I here, we had a very specific and simple message and mission for our future. Very specific, very simple. If God was going to call us to Las Vegas and start a church, we only needed to focus on one thing. The mission of Southern Hills is very simple. It is to make disciples for Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the mission of the church, to make disciples for Jesus Christ. Can you say it with me? I'll say, what's the mission? You say, make disciples for Jesus Christ. What's the mission? To make disciples for Jesus Christ. This is what we've always done for 18 years, and it's what we plan on doing for another, another 20 years or so. We're about halfway to the point where we feel like God is leading us. And the way we make disciples for Jesus Christ, our mission, make disciples for Jesus Christ, we have a process. The process by which we make disciples is pretty simple as well. Four words, connect, grow, serve, share. Connect, grow, serve, share. Connect, grow, serve, share. Say it with me. Connect, grow, serve, share. We connect people to God. And the way we connect people to God, as we see in Scripture, is not to connect people to a religion but to connect people to their own personal relationship with God through their son, Jesus Christ. So we connect people to God, and then we connect people to others, one another. We believe that life was not meant to live in solitude, but that life was meant to live in community and in unity with one another, the brotherhood. So we have connect, and then we teach people how to grow in their faith. We teach people the four habits necessary for spiritual growth, daily Bible study and prayer and a life of generosity and a life committed to the community of the believers by being in church. We teach people not only to grow, but then we teach people to serve. We believe that you have an opportunity because God has uniquely gifted you. God has uniquely shaped you to serve God and help others and advance this world. 
and we teach people about how you're shaped. And the fourth step of our discipleship is connect, grow, serve, share. Teach people how to share their faith with others. There are so many people who don't know the beauty of Jesus Christ, and it's our responsibility and obligation to share this. This is how we've been making disciples for 18 years, and how we plan to make disciples for another 22 years into the future. We're at the halfway point, and we're excited about where God is leading us now. We not only have a mission, make disciples for Jesus Christ, and a process, connect, grow, serve, share. We also have a vision for the church. A vision that we believe, Heather and I, have been given by God for the future. Part of that vision is to make 10,000 disciples in this city. We are well on our way to that goal. And in the midst of making that goal, we believe that 5,000 of those disciples will come to Southern Hills on a weekly basis every single Sunday. You say, Pastor Josh, how are we going to fit 5,000 disciples in this room? Well, we're going to get to that in a moment. Not only do we have 5,000 disciples coming on a weekly basis, we believe that God is leading us forward to not only accomplish these great things, but to also allow us to continue to start multiple services. We don't believe that all the church needs to fit in the same room at the same time. That's why we have the 8.30 service, the 10 o'clock service, the 11.30 service, why we'll start multi-day services in other parts of the week right here at Southern Hills, why we have multiple venue services like Hana Korean that ministers and serves here on Sunday afternoons. We want to do more multilingual services. We believe not only in multi-venue within this campus, but multi-site around the city and around the community and around the state so that we can only reach this community, but all communities in our city with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then plant churches that reproduce themselves in this city. This is all part of the vision. We not only want multi-services, but we also believe in that our church will eventually develop 250 small groups, small groups that meet every day of the week in every neighborhood of the city, where every single week people are able to sit in a small group and study the Word of God and share their deepest concerns and spend time in prayer over one another. We believe that God will give us 50 life development classes, classes like Growing Kids God's Way, classes like Financial Peace University, classes like a study in the book, of, the, the book of Revelation, all of these classes that are happening and will continue to happen in greater ways as God provides us the facilities to do so. We believe and believe that God's plan for our future and vision for our future is a dedicated youth and children's ministry that properly disciples and catechizes children so that they understand who Jesus is at their age level. This is deeply part of our passion. Church is not a place where your children should be babysat while mom and dad hear a sermon. Church should be a place where children are properly discipled, taught the principles of Jesus from an early age, where we, the church, can come alongside you as the parents. As you lead them to Jesus, we can assist you in the discipleship of young children. We believe that children can know Jesus. We believe teenagers can walk with Jesus. We believe that young adults have a passion for Jesus, and we want to provide space for that to take place. We also believe and have a vision for the ultimate 1,300-seat auditorium that will be built right next door to this campus. In fact, that's the main announcement for today. We plan on building, starting construction, 11 months from now, in January of 2023, 
the brand new 1300-seat auditorium for Southern Hills Church. We're very excited about that. Building that building allows us to take this current facility and transform it into what it was always planned on being, and that is the children's and youth facility for the next generation of Christians being discipled right here at Southern Hills. So exciting. Why? Because we want to leave a legacy in this city. We don't want to just exist, and we don't just want to stay. We want to go forward for Christ. We want to move forward by faith for the future, for the faith, we're excited about rising up and following Christ. Why? Because we want to mark this community with an embassy belonging to another kingdom. And to talk about that embassy, to talk about rising up and the miracle that we're about to see, I want to invite to the stage at this time Pastor Caleb, Sergeant, and Pastor Andrew, if you'll come on up at this point. This is our next-gen team. Give them a round of applause as they come forward at this time. We have two limitations if we are going to accomplish the goals that God has given us. The two limitations that we see, well, our problems are number one, the limited space that we find in the facility right now. This facility, this building, maxed out, where people are almost sitting on each other, can only fit 600 people at a time. The other problem that we have is that we have no children's ministry space, really, to speak of. Except for the ages of zero all the way to five years old, all of our facilities are either double-used or rented facilities uh, for the sake of childhood development. So to answer those questions and to talk more about this, this is Pastor Caleb Sargent. He is our next-gen pastor, meaning that he holds the spiritual responsibility of shepherding the hearts and the souls of all of our members from age zero to age 28, to 28, 29, 30, and Pastor Caleb, who works with Pastor, Caleb, uh, Pastor Andrew, who works with Pastor Caleb. Andrew is our Kidopolis pastor. He shepherds the heart of all of the children between the ages of zero all the way to age of 11. Let's give them a round of applause and thank them for being here. I always have to raise up my chair so I'm not so short beside Pastor Caleb. Pastor Caleb. Man, tell us what this building project would mean to the next-gen ministries of Southern Hills. Yeah, I'm so excited about this for several reasons. One of them is, as you look all across this auditorium, probably any time you've been on campus here, here's what you already know about our church. We already are a church that's building the next generation. You see all different ages and groups and classes that show up here on Sunday morning to be discipled yeah. and to follow Jesus. The problem is right now... All of our kids' ministry space, all of our teen ministry space is maxed out to where right now ages 6 to 18 years old on a Sunday do not have permanent rooms. They have multi-purpose rooms, which means all my volunteers, all Pastor Andrew's volunteers show up early, and they flip everything. So on Sunday nights, you show up, and you wouldn't recognize it, which is a good thing, but we flip it into a teen space. The, the kids' ministry does that Sunday morning. What this would allow is for there to be a dedicated space to where when families show up, we say, hey, we value your family so much. This is where your teens will be discipled. This is where your um, adolescents will be discipled to follow Jesus. Pastor Andrew, I know you're a student of the church, and not only this church, but about the church nationwide. How unusual is it for a church our size, where on a typical Sunday morning, over 1,000 to 1,200 people show up to worship Jesus, how unusual is it for a church our size not to have dedicated children's space and youth ministry space? Yeah, it's just highly unusual. It's uh, uncommon, but what that shows is just the 
the, the pace that we've moved at this church at as we are moving forward constantly. That's something that we're excited about having in the future. Yeah, it is exciting that you're jumping in. Someone, if you're new to the church, you are jumping in the midst of a church that is by faith taken step after step. But we, at almost 18 years old, are kind of still in our adolescence. We're 17 and a half, ready to be kicked out of the house by our parents. You know what I mean? And now it's time for us to jump in and go forward and step out and build like never before. Pastor Caleb, you know, numbers are numbers, right? But behind every number is a name. Can you share with us any kind of thought process on that? Yeah, I love how even when Jesus was teaching his disciples, he often used stories to bring in the truth that he was trying to teach. And, and um, I can think of one name just here in the last year. We had a family start coming, and the young man's name is a teenager, 13 years old. His name is Austin. And then his grandma's name is Terry. He started coming with his grandma, Terry, started showing up, coming here to services. And um, like many of our students had been um, homeschooling due to um, everything being closed down and all that. And so Austin started coming. And one of his grandma's concerns was, hey, I want Austin to, to have a group where he can connect and where he can grow and where he can learn. And so he said, yeah, show up, you know, at the Ascent Sunday night. We'll have pizza or tacos or both or something, you know, come on out, make sure you're here. Austin started coming. Austin went to camp with us. Austin committed his life to following Jesus. And then Austin comes to his grandma to me and says, man, Pastor Kevin, he's 13. And so he comes to me and he's like, hi, my name's Austin. You know, and uh, comes to me. <laughs> he's a big boy. Guy, yeah, yeah, big guy. Matter of fact, I think he's here. Austin, are you here this morning some, somewhere? He, I saw it right here. Austin, stand up for me. Stand up for me. This is Austin right here. And uh, Austin started coming. And he goes to his grandma, comes to me and says, man, you know, Pastor Caleb, you know, Grandma, like, the Ascent, this is, this is like a family for me. Hmm. This is where I'm learning life, and this is where I'm learning to, to grow. And now you show up at this service, 10 o'clock, you go to the coffee shop. There's Austin with a big old smile, serving, wanting to greet you, wanting to help. He's here. And as we look, yeah, I'm, praise the Lord for this. And Pastor Josh, when I look at this, I know we're talking about buildings, but when I look at this with a pastor's heart for the next generation, I don't want to build buildings. I want to build young men like Austin. Yeah. I want to have a place where I can invest and build into lives like that, and that's what this building means. You know, some might be asking, like, that's awesome. I didn't even know we had a teen ministry. Where do these teenagers come uh, every, every week for youth group? And the answer is right where you're sitting. We turn, there's not, there's not a, a room in this whole building that we don't use nearly every hour throughout all day Sunday. And many of the days, every single one of these rooms are filled. So the, the teenage space specifically is this auditorium that's transformed for Sunday night. But what will happen when we build the new building is we'll be able to take this building, and if you're sitting in the front half of the auditorium, you're actually sitting in the future Ascent youth ministry space. This will be transitioned and transformed into their own dedicated teenage auditorium for the Ascent that's going to take place every single Sunday and multiple events throughout the week. It's really, really exciting. Pastor Andrew, uh, when it comes to children's ministry space, why is that such a necessary thing to have children's ministry, not only for the kids, but the families that are coming? Kids really look for two things. And the two, the two of the great needs they have is to know that they're loved and know they're being told the truth. And that is the heart behind uh, how I lead our kids' ministry here is that our children would know they are loved and cared for and that they're getting the truth. We have a wonderful testimony of a, a family just started coming about six weeks ago, the Watts. And as they've been coming, the kids are super shy. And as they've, they've kept coming week after week. The kids have gotten more and more comfortable. And I look forward to seeing them every week. 
And um, Shauna and Ryan were kind enough to share with me that this is the first time in a long time they've seen their kids enjoy going to church. Mm. And Amen. I believe that's because I have a group of people, our next, our, part of our Next Gen team, who lead them and let them know they're loved, but also teach them the truth. But one of the challenges we're facing with that is with us being in a school building that's rented, um, with the spaces being very full, we're running multi-age services for every Kidopolis group. We have two through five-year-olds in the same classroom. Those are very different development stages. And so one of the great challenges we face right now is being able to teach the truth and show that love at an age-appropriate level across the board in our kids' ministry. And what this would allow us to do would be able to really hone in more specifically on each age group, each development stage, to teach them the truth as accurately as we can, as best we can to each age group. As a parent who has raised three children in this city and as a parent who has raised three children in this church, my wife and I have been so blessed by the fact that it's not just her and me trying to teach our children about Jesus, but they are, that we are partnering with men and women under the Pastor Andrew's leadership to properly train and disciple them in the ways of Jesus Christ, even from an early age. And when you look at us and say, man, how did your three children, they're walking with Jesus and they love Jesus, it's because of the children's ministry at Southern Hills and men and women like Andrew and Carrie who are leading them to Jesus in a closer way. We praise God for the next-gen ministry of Southern Hills. Let's give them a round of applause as they head down. Well, I know some of you are thinking to yourself, man, this is exciting, a 1,300-seat auditorium and then the transformation of this building into a kids' facility and youth auditorium. Awesome, and we want to start that win in January? Yeah, January, like 11 months from now. Fantastic, but some of you are thinking, what's the price tag? Let's get to the meat of the matter, Pastor. How much is this going to cost? Let's show us the money. And you say, where is that money going to come from? The cost for this project is $3.5 million. That's the cost of this project, $3.5 million. And once again, you say, where is this money coming from? <laughs> some of you might ask, because some of you aren't from a Christian background, you don't understand, this church, Southern Hills, is an independent, autonomous church. We're not part of a large denomination where their headquarters is in Rome or Salt Lake City where we're going to get infused with cash. That's not how it works. It's an autonomous, independent church, which means we are the church, and our land and our buildings come from God through, through us. And in praying about this, we really had two decisions to make, the pastors and the deacons, the elders of the church. We really had two, you know, venues we could go with this. We could, we could first either go to the people at the bank or we could come to the people of God. And we chose the latter. There are three aspects to this I want you to see of this $3.5 million. First of all, we have dedicated and been very diligent about saving our finances. Just like you have a weekly or monthly income, and you save some, and you give some, and you spend some, so we at the church do the same. And our financial team, under the leadership of Pastor Fred, has saved over the last two and a half years one half a million dollars that we have dedicated to this project. That's awesome. We're already a half a million on our way there. Let's give them a round of applause for that dedication. That's good. That's not easy. You say, I'm not great with math, but I can already tell we still need $3 million. That's correct. 
One of the things that I began doing about six months ago is sitting down one-on-one with those that I refer to as the investors of Southern Hills. Those are not outside business investors. Those are people that are most invested as members of Southern Hills, most financially invested over the last five to six years. Those that historically have given great amount of money to help the ministry of Southern Hills. Now, I've got to be honest. At Southern Hills, we don't have a bunch of multimillionaires. We just don't. There's not a group of three or four people I can go to and say, hey, build us a building. We, we're just a bunch of normal middle-class people. But over the last couple months, I've specifically and intentionally sat down with 35 of the most invested financially, the most financial invested members of Southern Hills, and I've asked them, point blank, over a cup of coffee, $5 coffee that I bought, <laughs> over a cup of coffee, I'm asking you, based on all you've given, will you consider giving to this project a special amount? I've asked them specifically, $200,000, $100,000, $30,000, what can you give? And through those conversations, we had a bunch of people leave the church and never come back. No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. <laughs> no, because this church really is honestly, it's a church that's ready to move forward. Through those conversations, we were, we were able to raise in financial gifts and pledges to give $1.5 million toward this project. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's truly a miracle. So already we have given, raised, and saved $2.0 million toward this project, which allows us to look at the fact that we have $1.5 million still needed for this project. And that's where I come to you as the pastor of this church, realizing that we don't have simply 35 to 50 families. At Southern Hills, we currently have 500 families that come. 500 families. You and your families signify one of those families. And I'm coming to you, the 450 families, and asking you, based upon what we've saved and based upon the investors, what they've pledged, how can you be involved in the other $1.5 million so that we can build this building debt-free? Well, to accomplish that, I want to bring a lot of clarity by looking at a, what we're calling a pledge card. I'm going to ask our team to start handing out the pledge card so you can see what I'm asking you to do. What I'm asking you to do is take this card, read it, study it, take it home if you're married, talk to your spouse, and pray about what God would have you financially give toward this project. Now, let me stop and say this. If you are not a member of the church and this is your first Sunday, you showed up on a really weird day (laughs) because we don't normally do this kind of thing. First of all, I ask you, why are you here on Super Bowl Sunday? That's weird. You're weird, not us, all right? But number two, if you, you are here for the first time, you happen to be here for the first time, we normally at this time, I'm preaching through a passage of the Bible, studying the scripture on a deep basis. But once a year, we have a special Sunday where we talk about the next step and do a financial fundraiser. That's the Sunday you happen to be here. If you're new here, we do not expect you to get involved and give. But if this is your church, what I'm asking you to do is take this pledge card home And I want you to pray about how God would have you be involved specifically. Anybody else need one? Our guys are in the back. Raise your hand if you still need one. All right, very good. I want you to pray about where you can get involved. Now, already, this is what's been given, and you can figure out with God where you're supposed to give. Let's go ahead and see the pledge card. We've already had three families dedicate to give $200,000 apiece. That's incredible. 
We've already had five out of seven families dedicate to give $100,000 each. We've already had six, uh, 14 out of 20 families dedicate to give $30,000 each. This is what we've had thus far. These pledges have been promised to be given over a three-year span, not a one-time gift, though some of those gifts have come in in one large portion, but over a three-year span. For example, my wife and I happen to be part of that investor team. We are part of those 35 families. And Heather and I sat down and we began to pray, God, we know where you would have us give. We plan on giving a certain amount in 2022, a certain amount in 2023, and a certain amount in 2024. So by the time the building is finished, it's completely paid off. That's what we asked the rest of the investors to get involved with in the same way, to not necessarily give a one-time gift, but what could God have you give over a 36-month span? What could God have you give between now and January of 2025? That's what we want you to consider. Maybe God would have you be one of those 100 families who can give $5,000 toward this project. Or maybe God would have you be one of those 60 families who could give $10,000 toward this project. Maybe God would call you to be one of those families at $30,000 or $100,000, which we still need two of. You say, Pastor Josh, if I can get involved at that level, what does that look like practically? Well, if you're here today and you say, man, I, I didn't even think I could give $5,000 to this project, broken down over 36 months, that would be a pledge of $138 a month over the next 36 months. $138 a month over 36 months means that you will have given and your family $5,000 toward the building of your legacy building right here in Las Vegas for the kingdom advancement of the gospel of Jesus, which is really exciting. Now, to talk more about this, I don't know all of the details as it relates to what Pastor Fred would know, so I'm going to ask Pastor Fred, our executive pastor, and Pastor Blake, our discipleship pastor, to come at this time. Let's give them a round of applause so that we can discuss this a little bit further. The question comes, uh, comes up, Pastor Fred, how exactly can I invest? How does this card work, and what can I do to fill out this card? The card works uh, two ways. Uh, first of all, you can fill out the paper card and turn that in in the coming weeks, but also you can scan the QR code and uh, make your commitment that way. So either uh, through the QR code or through uh, filling the card out. And the card's really simple. Uh, we try to keep it that way. Um, first of all, you fill out your name. Uh, this is kept confidential. And you say, well, why do we need to fill out our name? Uh, because of my child. Uh, Liam will literally put on the card, he'll put his name, or no, he'll just put $50,000, $100,000, whatever, and he'll turn it in. Okay, hold uh, on, hold yeah. on. So what you're telling me is we've actually had children in the past turn in these cards with like a million-dollar pledge? Yes, they think they're going to make it to the NBA. Every time we do a commitment, we have a child fill out a card, and it's not just an adult with horrible handwriting. It's a child that puts their name on it and then says, hi, my name is Liam. I'm going to be an NHL All-Star. I'm committing $100,000 in 2037. Which we, so, uh... <laughs> Which we love that kind of faith, but in reality, <laughs> that really messes up our plans when it comes to the construction guys, you know? Like, oh, yeah, we have $40 million pledged. It was all kids. So yeah. we do ask you to put your name on there so that we know this is a verifiable person with an actual account. Yeah, so that will be kept confidential. You'll actually be able to see that in your giving statements and all that information once we get in the computer. Now, to get it into the computer, to make it real simple, uh, simply put, what am I giving total? Uh, we don't do the monthly breakdown, but what am I giving total in 2022, 
2023 and 2024. We'll put all that in, and that's what we did with the investor team. That's what allowed us to get to that 1.5 million. We've already been doing this the last couple of months. So if somebody said, hey, I want to be involved at that $10,000 limit over the next three years, they would just put $3,333 here, here, and here. That gives us the 10000 They turn that in, we're done. Well, there's going to be one dude to be like, dude, where's the extra dollar go? And so the three, 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 four, and so... He's got a very specific financial team. Yeah, he really they, they does. They will be like, where's that other dollar go? So that, that's the general idea. Break it down uh, however you feel the Lord's leading you. I know some guys are doing uh, 5000 this year, and they don't know what they're doing in 2014. Uh, 23 or 24, I said leave those blank. But uh, th the main focus is, is pray about the cart. And so we can get caught up in numbers all we want, but pray about the cart. Pastor Josh talked more about it in a second. But one thing we've always taught here at Southern Hills is that when you do pray, uh, sometimes God will tell you not to give. That's just the way he works sometimes. And so we're encouraging you, pray, Lord, do you want me to be involved? And if you do, at what number? And if he's telling you no, the answer is no. I had a church uh, guy in my small group the other day came up to me and said, hey, Fred, I've been praying about it, and I keep getting a no. He's like, what do I do? Well, that's your answer. God said no, so therefore don't. And so that's the philosophy we have, have here with giving. We give our tithes, and this we give our offering. And if he's telling you not to give an offering, don't. If he's telling, is telling you to, then do. So. so practically, Josh, how exactly am I supposed to do this? Practically, you take this card home. You look at it and say, okay, God. Am I supposed to be one of those 100 families? Am I supposed to be one of those 60? Am I supposed to be one of those 20? God, what do you want me to do? And feel led of God, and when you feel led of God, commit. Now, some of you might be like, man, if God calls me to give $5,000 over the next three years, like, that's $138. That's a major commitment for us. Pastor Blake, over the years, we've talked about different ways in which people get involved in giving, and I love your philosophy on this. Can you share that? Yeah, I think over really Christendom, um, all throughout uh, the history of the church, the ancient church, we really see God's people um, giving to projects like this in four different ways. Uh, the first way is through streamlining, you know, maybe um, grouping insurances, you know, streamlining subscriptions, things like that. Um, that's a way. Selling. Um, even Barnabas in Acts 4, I believe, uh, sells a major plot of land in order to further the kingdom of God, right? And continues on his missionary journeys with Paul and others um, all throughout that. We also see a third way, um, which is just basic. It's saving, right? You're saving, saving up financially to give to something. Yeah, well, so my wife and I are in our 40s now, but I can remember when we were in our 20s. And in our 20s, we had zero savings. Like, you know, we were really excited when we had $250 in there. And for us, our savings came about every year. It was called our tax return. And that's what, that's what we actually used. Uh, part of it, we would dedicate every year part of that and give to the next step fund. And maybe you're in a different life stage at this point, and you might be thinking, you know what? What could I do with part of my tax return? Maybe that would be part of the savings that you could give toward this project. Yeah, absolutely. There's different creative ways to save all throughout that. And then there's a fourth way that we see, and really this is kind of an overarching way. Um, we call that way sacrifice. Sacrifice. It really takes place over all three of these other ways, but sacrifice we see and we've already seen come in um, through the 1.5 committed with others. Whether you're able to sacrifice and the sacrifice for you is 250,000, 100,000, or maybe you're sitting in the room and saying, you know what, I can't do five, but I could do like 2,500. And maybe if like another person's thinking that in the room, you can kind of I'm going to pair with them, and, and we're going to give 5,000 together, and, and maybe that's your sacrifice. But what we're really challenging you to today is to pray about 
how you're going to sacrifice, whether that's through saving, through selling, um, or through streamlining something. That's awesome. Let's thank Pastor Fred and Pastor Blake for joining us today. And they're available to you for more questions about all of this. So we've talked about how you can invest. Now I want to talk about how you can pray. And the reason I specifically moved to the concept of prayer is for this reason. For this to take place, it's going to take an absolute 100% miracle from God. We cannot accomplish what God is calling us to accomplish apart from him. Let me say that again and let it deeply seep into your soul. We cannot accomplish what God is asking us to accomplish apart from the miracle of God making it happen. So if we believe that God is calling us to something, then we in turn have to turn back to him and ask him to perform the miracle in us and through us. That's why I point you to Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, the prophet says to his people specifically, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. This has been the mode of operanda for every single generation that God deals with his people. God says to him, I want you to call upon me, and if you ask me, then what I will do for you is I will lead you into areas and into steps of faith that you've never expected. I'll allow you to accomplish things you never thought you could accomplish. You'll go into places you never even thought you would go. If you're new to the church, I cannot underscore this enough. You have found your way into a church, and you love coming here because, because the atmosphere is great. And you love coming here because the music is inspiring. And you love coming here because the preacher is awesome. That's your mark, folks. Get it, get it. I'm gonna try it again. You come here because your preacher's awesome. Oh, well, that's not necessary. Thank you. Okay, you come here for lots of reasons. But here's the church that you've come into. Get this. The church you've come into is a church that takes steps of big faith, that moves forward. And as we do, we call upon God and say, God, we're asking you to come in and show up and show us the direction and do great and mighty things in our lives that you've ne we've never expected. If you're part of this church for any amount of time, you're going to see God do miracles. And what I'm wanting is God to do a miracle in your life and through your life, through this project. Now, now, how can I pray? There's a real practical way we're going to do this. Do you have my phone down there? I think it might be down. Oh, there it is on the ground. I want you to pray with me. And I want you to, well, I want to find out who says, Pastor Josh, I don't know what I can give. I'm not ready. And by the way, we don't want you to turn in this card until March 13th. We want you to pray about it that long. And we want you to ask God how you get involved. Not today, not next week, not the weekend. March 13th. And I want you to pray that God would do a miracle in you and through this church and, and tell you what to give. So I'm not asking you to commit to give today. What I am asking you to do is commit to pray. How many of you in this room say, Pastor Josh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to pray about this thing. I'm willing to pray about the future of the church. If you are, would you say amen? amen. Say, I'm willing to pray with you, Josh. You're not alone. It's not just you and Heather and the pastors. We're together on this. I'm willing to pray with you. If you're willing to at least pray about this, next step forward for the church and for the kingdom of Christ, would you say amen? amen. Okay, this is how we're gonna do it. What I've done on my phone is I have set the alarm on my phone to 3.13 p.m. Every day at 3.13 p.m., my phone is going to remind me to pray for this miracle. 
God, we can't do this, I'm going to say every day at 3.13. You're going to have to do it. Heather and I can't do it on our own. Our church people can't do it on our own. We together need you to do what we cannot do. God, would you help us to build a legacy facility that will last the generations to advance the name of Jesus Christ? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now, men and women, willing to pray. You said you're willing to pray. Pull out your phones. Pull out your phones right now. Pull out your phones. And I want you to mark on your phone an alarm with me so that all over the valley and when we're traveling this next month and no matter where you're at, at 3.13 p.m., your alarm will go off right in the middle of your prayer, uh, or excuse me, right in the middle of your meetings, right in the middle of your business day, right in the middle of watching Netflix, whatever it is, in the middle, it'll go off today. Today it'll go off right in the middle of the national anthem. You know what I mean? Like it'll be hilarious. You're at a Super Bowl party, everybody will be like, what is that? You'll be like, stop, quiet, turn it off. Dear God, bless our church, right? It'll be, it'll be great, it'll be a great moment. And commit to pray every day and say this, God, we can't do it, but you can. Would you do a miracle in our church? Would you do a miracle in me? And would you help us to rise up for the faith and for our future? Here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that this church will take a step forward by faith. What's going to happen is we will start construction 11 months from now right beside us. What will happen is two years from now, we will be worshiping in a brand new auditorium and the kids and the youth will be in here. That's what will happen. What I hope happens is that you'll be part of it. What I hope happens is that you just won't be a spectator in the stands. You watch the Olympics and you watch the Super Bowl. Why don't you get in the game here? I want you to be a part of the miracle. And I believe you can. So I'm asking you to rise up with me. I'm asking you to take steps of faith that you've never taken before, to pray and to give to this project and see God do great and mighty things in us and through us as we together mark this community with an embassy belonging to another kingdom. I'm gonna ask our, 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 our music team to come on up because I'm gonna announce what we're gonna do at the, to end today. We're gonna do something very different, something we don't normally do. Today, as you can see behind me, this banner, Rise Up for the Faith for Our Future, has been signed and kind of tagged by a bunch of teenagers from the first service. It wasn't just teenagers. That's what I love about our church. As Caleb said, it's a multi-generational church. This morning at our early service, we had people in their 80s and people that were eight years old come up and sign this banner. And you're coming up and signing this banner with me if you're saying, for the faith and for our future, I'm going to rise up. I'm going to rise up and build. I'm going to rise up and pray. I'm going to rise up and give. Pastor, I may not be aware of what I'm supposed to be involved with. In fact, it was so sweet. As people were coming up this morning, Leon, a, a sweet old lady came and she hugged me and she said, Pastor, can I sign it? All I can give to this project is $100. I say, keep your $100. Just pray. Just pray. Friend, if all you can give before God is a prayer that God will work, I want you to know that you're involved in this church. This is your church. This is your project. I want to know who's with us. 
And so in a moment, I want you to put your marker where your mouth is, and I want you to come up, and I want you to sign your name like I did during the first service, and put your name up here as the music begins to play. I'm going to ask that God blesses us, and then I'm going to invite you to come up and sign, Father in heaven, as we come before you. We as a church, I pray that as you're in our midst, you would watch our faith. You would see our step of faith. That you would bless us as by faith we step forward in the name and the power of your son, Jesus Christ. These things we pray for the faith, for the future, in the name of Jesus. Amen.